0: You are listening to Standing Firm, a call in an age of decay, deconstruction, and desolation. To be on the alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Greetings in the name of our Savior and King, Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Standing Firm, a podcast of Holy Trinity Reformed Church. I am your host, Pastor James Brown Jr., and for the purpose of this episode, we are going to inform you of the purpose of this podcast. So the purpose of this podcast is to inform you of the purpose of this podcast. Now I'm being somewhat facetious with the language, but there is something important to transmit to our audience about this podcast. We have recently started podcasting again after some long periods of silence. And although our numbers are down, but only slightly so far, um, we, so we do thank you for listening. But um, we thought it might be important to kind of restate some of the ground rules, you might say. So over the years, we have produced audio programs going all the way back to the late 19. 19- 90s and early 2000s when we produced a program on FM radio and shortwave radio that transitioned to podcasts but in recent years we've not produced much content. Things change over time and we have been focused in other ways and on other things in the work of the church even though our purpose from the beginning on radio and in podcasting has always been about the local church. Our desire has been to edify the saints and to evangelize unbelievers. And yet, it is not just that things have changed with us. There has been a radical change in individuals, families, churches, our nation, and western civilization. And these changes have not been for the better. Although the internet can be a useful tool, what we have discovered over the years is that the development of social media has been unhelpful and there has been an additional and has became an additional source of havoc against the peace and unity of the church. There is this full-on assault to destroy our institutions with the church being the primary target. And these tools are being used to further that agenda. Maybe unintentional by some or by many or by most, I don't know. Maybe unintentional by some of the mobs, but that is what social media has become, a mob. It is mob rule. Most success in using social media means one must create controversies and schisms by being contentious, which we, as Christians, are commanded not to be. We are to consent to wholesome words, which are the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, the inspired word revealed to us in the Old and New Testaments, and to the doctrine which accords with godliness. But we are not to be contentious by being obsessed with disputes and arguments over words that produce ungodliness." Notice 1 Timothy 6.3, which says, If anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which accords with godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words from which come envy, strife, reviling evil suspicions, useless wranglings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, who suppose that godliness is a means of gain, from such withdraw yourself. Now, anyone who cannot see that this is a real issue today is ignoring the reality of our situation. Everything is about sticking it to the man, whoever the man may be. It is about controversy. It's about contention. It's about being belligerent. It's about rebellion to authority and so on. This is not what we are aiming for here. Our goal is not to be a national ministry of whatever type causing mayhem and chaos. But those are the ministries that grow. It is all about controversy and tearing down rather than building. It is the nuclear option, and for some strange reason, many have opted for post-modernist strategies. Our desire is to build the kingdom of Christ here locally in our church, our association of churches, and with those outside of our communion who are true churches and take the gospel out into the world using whatever tools are necessary and useful. Yet even with that, our goal is not to produce a national audience or a national ministry. So I thought it would be helpful to lay down some of the ground rules so that you know where we are coming from. So first of all, let's consider our market. In this day of marketing, and everything's about marketing, It's uh, important that we identify our market to help you understand our objectives and what we are trying to do and who we are trying to reach. And who we are trying to reach is the elect. It is our desire to gather the elect of God. As Jesus said that the Lord would send out his angels with the great sound of the trumpet and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Of course, the elect are only known to God, and while it is God who gives the increase, we are commissioned to labor for the kingdom by planting and watering. There may be tares or hypocrites disguised as wheat, but our only means of identifying the elect is in those who hear and receive the word as the word of God in faith and repentance in Christ, receive Christian baptism into the church and submit themselves to the teaching and discipline of the church. So first of all, if you are the elect, stop being a virtual world Christian and start being a real world Christian. A Christian who is in the world but not of the world, and that means one who is a member of a true church. A true church, of course, has the three marks of the church, the faithful preaching of the word, the right administration of the sacraments, and the diligent exercise of discipline. Now, I'm not suggesting that there are any perfect churches out there, but there are faithful churches. The problem in most cases is not a lack of true churches, but a lack of true submission. And that's coming from someone who believes that we are in the midst of a very great apostasy here in Western civilization. But there are still faithful churches that remain, especially in the United States. So find a church that believes that the Bible is the absolute and final authority for faith and practice, even with all their warts and all their problems. Find one that believes that the Bible is the absolute and final authority for faith and practice, not based upon the authority of men, but of God. And yet, God is pleased to build his church through imperfect but faithful men. So if you live in South Central Indiana and do not have such a church, we invite you to visit Holy Trinity Reformed Church. You can find out more about us on our website, our Facebook page, or through our podcast. But if you are not a member of a Bible-believing and practicing church in our region, come visit us in person. If you live in our area and belong to a Bible-believing church, then submit to it. If you are not in our area, then find a biblical church in your area. And listen, I know and acknowledge that we are living in times of apostasy, but for 99% of the people, there is a faithful church within a reasonable driving distance of your area. Whatever your particular situation, find a biblical church and submit to it. Again, I did not say a perfect church. I said a church that belongs to Christ and submit to it. The Westminster Confession of Faith says in chapter 25, in paragraph 4, This Catholic church hath been sometimes more, sometimes less visible, and particular churches which are members thereof are more or less pure. According to the doctrine of the gospel is taught and embraced, ordinances administered, and public worship performed more or less purely in them. The purest churches under heaven are subject both to mixture and air, and some have so degenerated as to become no churches of Christ but synagogues of Satan. End of quote. Yes, there are many churches. It may even be the majority of churches. It might be the overwhelming majority of churches that have degenerated as to become no churches of Christ but synagogues of Satan. But there are churches who are more or less pure according to the doctrine of the gospel, as it is taught and embraced in the ordinances, administered, and public worship performed more or less purely in them. The 1689 London Baptist Confession of Faith states in chapter 22 that the purest churches under heaven are subject to mixture and air, and some have so degenerated as to become no churches of Christ but synagogues of Satan. Nevertheless, Christ always hath had, and ever shall have a kingdom in this world to the end thereof, of such as believe in him and make profession of his name. We're not telling you to join churches so-called, who have degenerated into synagogues of Satan, but for crying out loud, even the purest churches are subject to mixture and air. There is no perfect church. God has been pleased to use sinners saved by grace to build his kingdom. So get your little sinful self into one of Christ's more or less pure churches and submit yourself. No excuses stop looking for perfection and submit yourself to a bible-believing church stop being a pain in the neck stop living out your faith in the virtual world and start building the kingdom of christ in the real world casper Olivian, a german reformed theologian wrote when god provides our eyes with the sight of an assemblage which is a member of the holy catholic church The mark having been shown of true prophetic and apostolic doctrine under which are embraced lawful administration of the sacrament and training in all godliness, we ought to unite with that assemblage. For as he is himself our father, it is his pleasure that the church be our mother's. In her we are both born and brought up right to the end of our lives. God is pleased by the church's ministry to quicken us by the Spirit, stamp remission of sins on our hearts, and reshape us daily in the same unto his own image. On the other hand, he who despises such an assemblage, possessing the mark of a true church, to wit, truth of prophetic and apostolic doctrine, which happens when a man does not communicate in sound doctrine and in prayers and when he does not attach himself to the communion of saints through the visible witness of the covenant baptism and the sacred eucharist cannot be sure of his own salvation and he who persists in such contempt is not elect End of quote. our heartbeat is and always has been and by God's grace always will be, about the visible church, which is also Catholic or universal under the gospel, not confined to one nation as before, as before under the law, consisting of all those throughout the world that profess the true religion and of their children, and is the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ, the house and family of God, out of which there is no ordinary possibility of salvation, This visible church, wherein the execution of this power, the Lord Jesus calls out of the world unto himself, through the ministry of his word, by his Spirit, those that are given unto him by his Father, that they may walk before him in all the ways of obedience which he prescribeth to them in his word, those thus called. He commands to walk together in particular societies or churches for their mutual edification and the due performance of that public worship which he requires of them in the world to willingly consent to walk together according to the appointment of Christ, giving up themselves to the Lord and to one another by the will of God in professed subjection to the ordinances of the gospel. And that is once again the Westminster Confession of Faith. So, if we're really Reformed, the really Reformed does not abandon the church. And so, our message here in the midst of explaining our market is this. Submit yourself to Christ's church. That's our market. We are looking for the elect who will respond to the gospel, in faith and repentance in Christ, baptism into Christ's church, and obedience to the teaching and discipline of the church. In a day of endless resources that are being polluted by the spirit of error, we are finding it difficult to recommend resources to our congregation without a laundry list of disclaimers. So, we are simply just trying to provide a resource for additional edification for our congregation. Yes, we are also attempting to evangelize. And so, our message to unbelievers is repent and believe the gospel. And our message to Christians is to repent and believe the gospel. One of the purposes of this podcast is to warn the wicked and the righteous. That is our market. Is to proclaim the gospel to every creature, to proclaim the gospel into the whole world. But our first target is our local congregation. Second, our local region of Mooresville and Canby, Indiana. And if anyone beyond these regions benefits from this podcast, glory be to God. But if you're a lone ranger, a lone ranger Christian, and this podcast does not drive you back into the sheepfold, it is worthless. Second, let's consider our mission. And quite simply, our mission is this, to preach the word. As a minister of the gospel, that is my calling. That's what Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 4 and verse 2, preach the word, be ready, in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, and fulfill your ministry." Our message is, our mission, excuse me, is to preach the word. I've not been called to be a shock jock, a comedian, an entertainer, a political commentator, or a sports analyst. No, my job is to preach the word regardless of popularity by reproving, rebuking, and exhorting with all long suffering and doctrine. I am an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven, and I am to proclaim and represent that kingdom whose builder and maker is God. My concern is the absolute authority of our monarch, Jesus Christ. So, that is what we are here to do on this podcast. Preach the word. Preach Christ. Preach the word of Christ. We find this all throughout the scripture. We find this in Paul's introduction, in his letter to Titus. As he introduces, you know, as he um, begins in the a very uh, beginning of his introduction to that letter, he says that, He is a bondservant and an apostle of Jesus Christ according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledgement of the truth which accords with godliness in hope of eternal life which God who cannot lie promised before the time began but has in due time manifested his word through preaching. There's always this emphasis upon preaching, right? It's by the foolishness of preaching that the lost are saved according to Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. It's not by the wisdom of the world, but by the wisdom of God through preaching. And that's what Acts 28 says Paul spent his time doing, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. In Acts chapter 15, talks about Paul and Barnabas continuing in Antioch. And what did they continue in Antioch doing? Teaching and preaching the word of the Lord. This is what ministers of the gospel do. Ministers of the gospel are to preach. And we believe the church and its ministers need to return to preaching the kingdom of God. And that's all we're trying to do here is preach the word. And then third... In consideration of our message, if it's not yet clear, our message may be simplified to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom is here, therefore, believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is what we are here to announce just as Peter declared on Pentecost Let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Therefore repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Obviously there is more but it begins with preaching the gospel to every creature, baptizing believers in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and then teaching them to obey everything that Christ, the Word, has commanded us. So yes, it is a message that includes the whole counsel of God to discipline and disciple believers to observe all things Christ has commanded, But the very first thing is faith and repentance in Christ, baptism in the name of the triune God, and membership in a particular congregation of Christ's holy Catholic church. And in this day of apostasy, that statement has just offended many Baptists, Methodists, non-denominationalists, whatever that means, Roman Catholics, and yes, many Reformed. And yet, it's the very first thing. It is as basic as you can get. And so these things are refused because there are masks to belligerate about. There are brethren to slander. There is the order of faith and repentance to argue about. There is baptism to deny. And we will absolutely not submit ourselves to the church. There are too many things to debate, too many things to argue about that we don't have time to grow and serve in the church. Well, good luck with that. Not that luck will do you any good, because it is a fearful thing to fall in the hands of an angry God. If you do not repent in faith to Christ, be identified with his church through baptism, and surrender in obedience to the teaching of the church, you have a big surprise coming. And it is not a good surprise, but a depart from me, I never knew you surprise. So as we end the podcast, hear the words of Jesus in John chapter 15. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. But this my, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is the commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. give you these things i command you that you love one another end of quote that is what we need to return to and that is the message we need to return to repent or perish submit to christ or be burned in the fire thank you for listening until next time may the lord grant repentance revival and reformation Standing Firm is a podcast production of Holy Trinity Reformed Church in Canby, Indiana. For more information about this podcast or Holy Trinity Reformed Church, visit us online at reformedholytrinity.org.